Alrighty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Archived Conversations. My name is Mia, and I'm the host, and today we have a very special guest, Juniper. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Juniper! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Juniper. I describe myself as a multi-hyphenate because I do a lot of film and literature and photography, just everything across the board. Nice. Yeah, some people say a jack of all trades, but I like the way that you say, I like that word better. How did, what did you say? A multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate. I learned that. Multi-hyphenate. Yeah, I learned that uh, in college, actually, and I was like, I feel like that fits me. I used to go under um, interdisciplinary fairy, but I was yeah. like, that's too many, <laughs> that's too many things, you know? <laughs> like, if I can find a way to say it in, like, the least amount of words as possible, then I'll do that. Yeah. Least amount of syllables. I don't need all the syllables, you know? Short and sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I was actually thinking back because um, uh, I think it was just through Instagram you had asked me um, how I had found you. And I think mm -hmm. I just started following you a few years ago, and I was trying to remember why. And I know that, like, you went to um, – Ringling and I do follow their classes like all that when the catalogs come out and they have the graduating classes and that showcasing all the work and stuff I have gotten those catalogs before so I thought it was that but I was also thinking um, when I was looking through your YouTube page uh, you actually when you had um, a show or I'm not sure what you would call it um, the classic archives the yeah. the interviews and stuff. Um, you interviewed Maya Pink, I think is how yes. is her name. That's and my I, best friend. That's one of my best friends. So that might be that might have been why, because I know I definitely like found her and followed her through. Um, I think just or on Instagram, like following creative people on like the shirts that um, she was making and stuff. The uh, is it like um, something soul? Happy soul. That's right. Yeah. So I was, yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like, maybe that's how um, I stumbled upon your uh, work in the past. But I'm not exactly yeah. sure, but that's quite possible, too. So I was just like, it okay. Definitely could have been. <laughs> yeah. It definitely could have been that, for sure. Like, love Maya. Um, but I, she was, like, one of the first people I talked to about starting Classic Archives just because I wanted to do something for the city, like, yeah. St. Pete has a lot of creatives, but not a lot of them get the necessary platform they would need to talk about themselves and, you know, plug their work. So, yeah, I was really glad that she was able to be on an episode of that. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's very cool. Okay, so um, basically, I want to just jump right into it and see kind of where you're with lack of better terms, artistic journey, where it kind of began, if you were kind of the art kid in class growing up, or was it something that you kind of got it into a little bit later on in life? Um, I've been an art kid my entire life. Um, I do remember going to show and tell like one year, probably like in the first grade or something. And I brought different canvases or a different canvas, sorry, to paint on <laughs> or that I had painted on and that some canvas, some paintings that my sister had worked on and that my brother had worked on. And I showed up with a Home Depot apron, I believe. 
And I had on like a painter's hat and I was just like, yeah, I want to be an artist when I grow up. And then everybody was just like, like, I don't see how that could be a real profession. But, you Uh know, like the teachers were very like, okay, but like, what do you really want to be? And I was just like an artist, you know, did not blink at all. Um, So I, it's always been in me. I think at one point I started going more in a, a journalism communications type of field just because I grew up watching news reporters also like um, whenever we were like moving houses I usually took a, you know like a moving box and then set up my little news anchor desk and had like a lamp <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> reporting live <laughs> yeah, so I, I was really in my bag like nobody could tell me that I wasn't on Bay News 9 because I was so passionate about that and I remembered too in elementary school taking a field trip to the local news station, being able to meet like Dahlia Dangerfield and Reginald Roundtree, and I just thought that was like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's it's always been a part of me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so funny. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> that that. <laughs> No, it's just so funny. You're like, I had my little cardboard box, my papers, shuffle my papers. That's sweet. I so, literally had my papers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I could tell. Um, so did um, so you were always kind of drawn to kind of these like television and almost like personalities kind of. Like the video aspect was always kind of there. You were never, were you ever really interested in like radio, like that kind of a, like aspect of like journalism or was it always kind of like imagining that video component component yeah um I mean I was also interested in uh radio too just because every time I went to school my mom would be playing the Steve Harvey morning show like on the radio um I really enjoyed listening to him and what he had to say yeah um and I I always wondered like there was also a station like a smooth jazz station I don't remember the name or like the the number combination but my um old like summer counselor used to play that when it was like time for us to wind down or to just like sit and kind of like paint or draw or something and that yeah. really stuck with me as like an experience like I was like who is this guy like <laughs> playing smooth jazz you know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah I mean I was always interested in music as well like I grew up around mm. a lot of different types of music like my sister was like really into Spice Girls at one point, she used to listen to like NSYNC and, you know, just just all the early 2000s stuff. And then like my brother kind of like put me on to like jungle music and like house music. So that was really cool. And then my dad, he like listens to Aerosmith and like Elton John. So Mm -hmm. I, I just, I really adored that aspect of our family. And I wanted, I wanted an opportunity to and I didn't have like the language at that time, but I wanted to like make a cassette tape out of like all of our music tastes so that we can just have it and like, yeah, you know, play it. Um, even at family reunions, you yeah, know, like, my mom was usually the one with the aux cord because she she knew the music we wanted to hear. So yeah, music and art was just a very integral part of my experiences growing up. Just because I feel like that really shaped someone's culture, like in their understanding of the world. Yeah, it totally does. And it's it really um it's it's funny that you did end up bringing up music because um I definitely noticed that the the music in all of these short films just immaculate. 
just perfect, perfect mix, like mix, uh, perfect mix of the music and the visuals. It like, it really like enhances what you're seeing. So the music choices and all those just totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like the editing process is really important to me because I feel like that's when everything really starts to come together. You know, yeah. like you can record stuff all day, but the the recording is just, for lack of better terms, that's like, you know, getting the meat from the meat market, but you still have to trim the fat. You still got to season it. You still got to cook it. You know? mm -hmm. So I, I really adore that process because, you know, I'm usually just like in my room in the dark, mm -hmm. the single light over me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, so let me choose this sound. And I'm like, oh, that sound was too boisterous. Let me choose something else. So it's really all about like fine tuning and listening to yourself of like what you want to hear and what you want, like what should come out of this basically for your project. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure it'll come up more later too, but um, yeah, that's, that's really sweet. So like um, when you ended up going to school um, later on, like going to college, uh, did were you studying film um i actually wasn't studying film i was studying creative writing mm -hmm. uh when i was like that's a big my, part of it quote unquote, yeah like when i was in my like journalism bag yeah um, i was in high school i went to lakewood high school and they did the c jam program so that was like you know i'm, I'm the reporter getting all the big scoops and yeah. then after that, I didn't really know. I think it was like my senior. Yeah, it was my senior year. I was talking to one of my AP professors. Um, shout out Miss Dowling. But she was telling me, she was telling me like, you should apply to an art school. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, mm -hmm. even though I had, you know, grow like I'd grown up around arts and stuff, it, it just wasn't. I never thought about that as a viable thing. Because everyone. Know that it was like a Everyone was telling yeah. you that you couldn't, you know? And I'm just like, you know, and at that point, I think I had forgotten that I even liked to do art because um, I wasn't really drawing or painting or anything in high school. In middle school, I was. Like, I was the kid in the back of the classroom, like, drawing Adventure Time characters mm -hmm. on my, like, composition books. But, yeah, I, I felt like I kind of phased out of that just because I felt like I needed to grow up, whatever that meant. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, she told me, you know, to look into some art schools. So then I looked up just like art school on yeah. Google. <laughs> and, and Ringling College popped up. It was like one of the first options. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should apply to Ringling. But then, you know, imposter syndrome got in the way and I didn't apply for a little bit. And then there was one day during lunch where I was sitting in her classroom and she was like, you better apply like right now. Like I'm not letting you leave this class. Of course I have to let you leave because of lunch. But <laughs> I'm not letting you leave this classroom until you apply for that school. And I was like, okay. So I did my, my whole application. I still like sat on it. And then a few, um, what do you call them? Like department heads from like the majors I wanted to choose. Yeah. Were reaching out to me like, Hey, we see that you've like, your application is in progress. Like, is there any questions you have that I can like clarify things for you so that you feel more comfortable submitting it? And I was like, no, I'm, just I'm good. <laughs> just, just window shopping. Don't mind me. 
Yeah, but I, I went to the campus and I really enjoyed what I was seeing because they had so many things available. Like, yeah. They had like, a glass blowing class. They had like a wood shop. They had, you know, pottery, ceramics, which are two different things. And I didn't know that. I didn't know mm-hmm. the distinction until I got there. But um, yeah, I mean, being able to go there and apply through creative writing, I didn't apply through film because I was still kind of scared. And, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, I'm just like, well, I did filmmaking anyway. So, you know, yeah. I guess that was how the journey was supposed to be. Um, creative writing definitely taught me about different types of writing. Like I was able to be taught by the Geico caveman, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't have even expected him to be my professor. But that's was, really funny. Yeah, he he was really cool. McManus is awesome. Um, But yeah, just having those kind of like professors under my wing or I'm under their wing rather, and then having to meet people who are from different walks of life but all share Mm -hmm. the same affinity for writing was very nice. Yes. Um, So yeah, that that was a very luscious experience that I would not trade. Like if I could go back and major in film, I still wouldn't. Yeah, I hear that. I am... I am glad to hear that you had some professors who were just encouraging of you um, and, like, supporting you, even if it was, like, in a direction that you didn't know you were going, um, and they were kind of, like, gently patting you towards that direction. That's really nice, because I know that definitely, like, not everyone um, gets that. And I'm also wondering, like, um, did your parents have any opinions, or, or, like, were they... Because I'm just speaking, like, from my personal experience, my parents, but neither of them went to college, so they just wanted me to go. Because they're like, you'll have a better life. Just go. I don't care what you study. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I kind of was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go do this. Um, but I know there's other people where it's like, you're not going unless you're going into, like, STEM or something like that, you know. So I'm wondering if you will kind of had to, I, I know you had support from teachers and professors, but I'm wondering if there was any kind of disconnect with family about choosing to go that route. I mean, so like, of course, my siblings were very supportive. Uh, like yeah. my brother customizes shoes and he's an Aww. artist himself. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, get into that. And That's then my cool. sister, she does poetry. She is an amazing spoken word poet. Mm. Um, and she was like, I really think you would benefit from going there. Like, yeah. Uh, my mom had some apprehension at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I told her where I was applying to, she was like, that place is wildly expensive, which true. It was, yeah. it still is. I yeah. Mean, it's like 66,000 a year or something, which is yeah. crazy. It's possible. Um, my dad was supportive the whole way through, uh, because he, he's a muralist and he lives in LA. Okay. So he's true. like, you know, as soon as he found out that I was like interested in art, he was like, "Yes, yeah." That's my daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah, I kind of expected that from him. Sure. Um, but yeah, so she really she comes from like a long line of like doctors and sure. nurses, yeah, people who work in the pharmacy. She works in a pharmacy herself, so she's a very like type A kind of person. And I'm like, I'm just not. Even if I was in that industry, would I be successful? Yes. Would I be like? wealthy in my own terms no because wealth yeah. to me is like right having the opportunity in this space to do the things that i love and what i love to do is art 
in whatever medium, which is why I'm like, you know, the whole multi-hyphenate thing really fits. Because even when I was doing creative writing, I still minored in art history. I still mm. minored in photography. I still minored in film studies because I was like, okay, I want to learn the history of film, even if I can't be a film major. So it was like, all of those things helped me become a really well-rounded artist. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, like I think my mom, she she did come around eventually when we went to the open house. Um, mm -hmm. And then she was looking around at like the type of kids, like or the students that were there, and then she was just like, "They're weird, just like you." <laughs> like, hey. I was like, "Thanks, mom." Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. And she was right, because, like, the first week I was there, I watched Scott Pilgrim with a bunch of people in a dorm, yep. and that was, like, yep. one of the, the best core memories I've yep. had. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is sometimes. Yeah, I hear that. I feel pretty similarly um, about, actually, I was right next door to you for a little bit at New College. So I definitely oh, have, wow. I definitely have memories of, like, uh, that first week of like, or it's like an orientation week instead of it being just a day, it's a whole week. So I definitely yeah. have some like frontal lobe, like created yeah. memories, some new wrinkles in the brain because of that, um, because of that week. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a few friends from New College. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, the college experience was kind of, like, halted for me because of COVID. Yeah, but true that. after COVID, I got to meet, like, some people on the new college campus. And they were very cool. Like, I was like, why don't we ever do this? Like, I, I hope there's, like, a mixer or something <laughs> where we can hang out. I know. I hope they eventually hang out. But, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's sad to see everything going on with new college right now. Like, all the, yeah. Oh, my God. The political climate is crazy. I just don't even know what to say. I just don't even know what to say. My dad is the type of person. I yeah, just wow. But I will say, like, it's it's kind of interesting because since I went to school there, and like all of this like kind of takeover is happening. Like my dad, he he's not com he's not completely brainwashed, but he is like halfway brainwashed, and so we get into these like. Um, these conversations, sometimes they yeah. become debates, but sometimes mm -hmm. I'm really just like trying to get to the bottom of like what he's saying, because it's like the end goal is the same, but how he wants to get there doesn't make any kind of oh. sense on how we would want to get there. And like, um... Uh, when everything was happening with New College, he mm -hmm. was kind of just like, is all this stuff really happening? And I was like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like... Yes. <laughs> I've been, this is what I've been, like, saying for the past, like, few years, at the, le at the very least, you know? And he's like, that's crazy, because you went there. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Just the... Um, it's like the dots are kind of connecting. Yeah, yeah. I'm just in really hard, but in the wrong <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I mean, anytime we end up in a debate, he always like ends up saying at the end of it, like, "Well, I just don't know who to believe," 
And I'm like, yeah, me either. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. I'm not like on the other team. I'm not like trying to, <laughs> it's not like we're two right. different teams. Like, I don't, they all suck. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's but, the whole thing. Yeah, so. Uh, my old manager used to, um, because there was a Center for Diversity and Inclusion Yes. There might still be there. I don't know. There was right. one at Ringling. Um, and then the person who was like the chief officer, I think, or like the chief of diversity and inclusion, they moved to new college to do basically the same thing there. But then they got fired because of the new initiatives that are rolling out. And I'm like, I don't understand how you can abolish something that is like literally inherent to life and like how we I, yeah do things like i'm just uh, that doesn't make sense to me so yeah I, when i had to read or i didn't have to but i read the terms that they're trying to implement into new college and i was like that just seems like a fever dream to me like i don't know i know it's it's just just it's it is just so wild because now it's just like i i experienced living there for like a year and a half like mm -hmm. i mean i'll it was like like oh my gosh i didn't even realize this but like 10 years ago now is when i like first went to new college so it's like just wild 10 years later because i was also just wondering like just reading all about it and not being there it's like such a weird like i'm like I kind of feel like grief. I kind of feel like a weird oh, yeah, sense of sure. guilt, even though I didn't do anything wrong. But it's like, I wish there's something that could be done. Like, I don't know. It's just all these weird conglomerate of emotions. But anyway, I was like wondering if any of that was spilling onto Ringling or if you knew. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the Ringling students are definitely like in solidarity of what's happening just because the students i still have a few friends who are graduating this year yeah so they're there like while the changes are still like happening and that is rough it is rough. Really rough because it just seems like they're walking out of like a burning institution almost um but yeah i know a few of like the the ringling students have went to new college for like the protests um just to kind of be there for them. Like, I don't know yeah. if that really is changing anything, but it, it's nice to have, like, a physical presence of, like, a student body. Numbers. From a different school that's, like, helping, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I did wonder if there was, like, something that could be done about that. But I'm like, I, I feel like now it's at the point where it's too far along in the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I want to say things will get better. <laughs> All we can do is, yeah. like, make our own magic. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm, like, I'm going to, like, try to put some good in the world. <laughs> try yeah. to highlight some cool people who are doing good things, putting good things out there. Because <laughs> uh, right. that's like what I have control over, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. Just take it day by day. Yeah. that is a whole, that is a whole to-do. It is a whole to-do indeed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so... Let's go ahead and switch gears. Got a little bit off off track, but it was still 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 good, still good info and yeah. stuff. But um, 
I wanted to ask, like, what kind of... Was there, like, an instance in which you decided you were going to pivot towards more, like, creative filmmaking? Um, or was it just something kind of that organically happened as you were creating? Um, I feel like... Like, when you say creative filmmaking, do you mean just, like, narrative filmmaking? Or, like, like branded content filmmaking? Like... like basically like your own independent like kind of projects like Bahati and like that kind of a thing yeah I've always thought about um doing those types of projects just because I'm like I have so many ideas and most of the time I have to like really I have to really like close the closet if if my ideas were like a physical thing I feel like it's like a closet full of like really cool things, but I have to like close it because it's going to over flood my room and spill out the windows. So I'm just like, okay, I'll focus on, and this is, you know, the project I'm working on right now is the longest project I've ever worked on. Um, okay. Or like it's taken the longest amount of time. To yeah. Work on it. So I'm just, like, I'm really trying to like hone in on stuff more instead of trying to shuffle out things immediately you know um like having to find your voice as a creative is really important just because Mm -hmm. and i think i was talking to my friend about this too of like you can be the drake of art or you could be like the kendrick lamar of art and what we mean by that is like kendrick he sits on his stuff for a really long time you know lets it marinate yeah like he's like okay i'm gonna produce this thing and then you won't hear from me for like another four years and then i'm going to come back and produce something even better like tyler Mm -hmm. is the same way where he has Mm -hmm. the two-year rule of him you know yeah pushing out like he's like okay i'm going to do igor then i'm going to do call me if you get lost but you're not going to get them back to back i have to live life in between those but drake is like okay we got a single we got a single we got an album we got another album i think he just announced like the cover of his new album like yesterday and I'm like, Drake. <laughs> Didn't you just you drop something say- yesterday? <laughs> Dude, like, <laughs> you're you're on tour right now. Like, why are you dropping out? You know, so, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. If you have that kind of motive, if you have that kind of energy, good on you. But I know that I don't have <laughs> that much energy no. to expend all the time. And to be um, fair, he probably also has, like, a big team of people who help him do it oh, all. Yeah. So not just the one oh, person. Yeah. yeah and you know when i got to ringling and started doing creative writing just to talk more about like the the creative filmmaking part yes like i was still kind of afraid to write stories that were like kind of close to me when i was at ringling um and that was until bless glenn um (laughs) glenn is one of the professors i had at ringling who like shaped kind of like my perspective on writing and that I can approach it in a different way. Uh, there was one day he was like, hey, like, can we talk after class? You know, just have a little chat. And I was like, okay. Um, and this was after I had submitted a short story that I wasn't really proud of and, you know, had mm-hmm. to keep revising it. And at that point, it felt like I was beating a dead horse, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and he was like, so... I want to ask you a question. It's going to feel weird because I'm a white cis man, but (laughs) I want to know. Fair. um, 
why do you only write about white people? And I was like, it hadn't dawned on me. Like, I was like, oh my God, True. I didn't realize I was doing that. Um, and I was like, uh, and he was like, do you think maybe it's because um, you think that we won't relate to your experiences or like what you'll say will be taken the wrong way or it'll be like too political or you know, whatever the case may be. And I was just like sitting there frozen and he was like, you don't have to answer me, but I just want you to think about it because, you know, the characters that you're writing right now don't even feel like real people. They just kind of feel like placeholders for mm. something else, for like a feeling or like an mm -hmm. emotion that you haven't like addressed yet. Like, uh -huh. and he brought up the main character in one of my short stories. He was like, Ben does not feel like a real person. He feels like the idea of a person so I just want you to try pulling from like either your real life experiences or the people that inspire you and yeah. start building from there. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can do that. Um, and then something just like clicked for me. Like yeah. when I, I was in yeah. writing class and um, I was able to write like a short story about a couple who were arguing at a playground because they were trying to figure out co-parenting because their, you know, their son is like getting older, but they have to figure out something. Yeah. So that was like the first like story that I wrote that felt really genuine, not to like my personal experiences, but they felt like real people because I was pulling from experiences I had heard or like people I knew. Yeah. So it was like, it was a really liberating experience to have that conversation with him because at that point it was like nothing was stopping me. I was like, okay, if I have an idea, I can really execute that. And I know for a fact I can because, you know, I, like I, I trust myself. I trust the things that I write. Um, so even, you know, my senior thesis was a group. It was about a group of lesbians uh, called the Raging Vixens who are a roller skating team and they're like, you know, enrolling in this competition called the Summer Solstice Jam. And the movie was called Fireball because, you know, fireball skates are a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was like, that was really cool because it felt, <clears throat> man, I worked on that project for so long. It's probably like 12 months. I'm like, this is my child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so like, I, I really was able to get things out there. And then like, once I graduated and got even more freedom and had more experiences, I was like, wow, I have so many ideas, <laughs> like, but they were always, they were always creative ideas. Like, I, I don't really see myself representing a brand necessarily. I gravitate towards more things that have like context and story to them. So if it is a brand, I need to see the story behind it. Like, um, Alice Goo's The Donut King. Mm -hmm. Very great documentary. It's on Hulu. Yes, um, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes. I, yeah, so I, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's, it's a brand, but there's history behind yes. that brand. Yeah. Um, I really adore stories like that. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's just like being able to, being able to see that play out, like, in stories really inspires yeah. me. And like, like old Vice documentaries too. I really love those. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Me too. I know some people kind of hate on the Vice documentaries, but I'm just like, man, just leave me alone. They look pretty. I feel like they get some good information out there. You know, yeah. I can see how like there can be critiques, but there are some people who will just hate on it. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah. They're look at it. You're gonna tell me I you don't like it. <laughs> 
I mean, I understand like people didn't really like um or people still don't like David Cho, which is for a good reason. I feel like David Cho is not really that good of a person. Okay, but, I got you. Yeah, I know nothing. Yeah. Know nothing about that. So, I mean, good call. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> the Vice documentaries were just—they were awesome. They I just feel hit. Like they were cool. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> good on Glenn, by the way, um, for be just being like, <laughs> yeah. I recognize this, and just wanna just yeah. wanna slip this in, but um. I totally feel you where when you like kind of connected more to yourself in that vulnerable way, like things just kind of started to click more creatively because I definitely felt that way um, in school too. Like I felt like, especially like thinking about um, this kind of stuff I was doing in high school here and there and then even like early college, um, like just not having like the most inspiring art teachers, I guess. Um, I just mm-hmm. wasn't really, like, I wasn't connecting what I was making with, like, necessarily anything. It was just, like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying to make, like, something that looks pretty or just something that looks like, right. like, um, that, you know, a ba- like, copies of something or, like, uh, mm-hmm. You know, just that that kind of, um, that was that kind of, like, where my education was kind of, like, first starting. Like, there wasn't really much talked about, like, outside of that. It was kind of, like, one-dimensional feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. But once I, um, especially when I got to new college, I had some great art teachers there. Um, I had a printmaking teacher who... um, I, I don't know if it was just, like, the way she taught or what, but um, she just left everything kind of, like, like looser and more open-ended than other teachers I had had before. Like, she kind of, like, showed us the, the medium of, like, printmaking we were mm-hmm. doing, like, the method, and then she's like, okay, do whatever you want with what I just showed you. Whereas before right. it's like, okay, we're all going to stand around this, uh, you know model or um what is it called uh still life and we're all gonna paint it which is fine and it's important to learn that knowledge you know to color theory and all that um and like learning how to use negative space but it wasn't really until I took the printmaking class at um the school that I actually ended up graduating from um where my teacher was just more willing to get vulnerable with us. Mm-hmm. And like when he taught us how to do screen printing, that was my first time ever doing screen printing. That's when I kind of like went wild with it. Um, and Dude, screen printing is awesome. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed um, making prints with drawing fluid rather than like using mm-hmm. a photo transfer onto a screen. Um, that's where I really had a lot of fun and I used a lot of text in my prints and I kind of like, I had kind of a sketch, but I mostly would do the, like the color layering, um, uh, kind of just like freehanded, just to kind of get like something that I wasn't going to be like, I didn't, I didn't know how to expect it to look like. 
Um, but mm-hmm. even just that process of like kind of just like going for it and then like pulling from like memories or feelings that I was having or mm-hmm. memories that I remember um, along with that process, that's when I really got um, great responses like during like critiques, like during those mm-hmm. f- that, that f- those feedback sessions. Um, that's when people really started to be like, oh yeah, this is, this is your thing. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, no. I'm the, I'm the like <laughs> overly emotional, like screen printer that comes in really early, in, like on Saturday mornings when no one else is there. <laughs> I guess that's just like what my brand is for the next couple of years. Um, but funny. that was really when it even clicked with me, like, People love vulnerability. People love like fe- feeling like they can connect to someone, even if they don't know them. Mm-hmm. Like whether that be through a simple photograph or um, a short film, um, a print, um, a poem, yeah. slam poetry. You know, like when you start really drawing from your own experiences and like what those experiences like how it shaped you and how it made you feel like that's where people are gonna like those that brain connection that's where it starts to happen and they are like you're sad too i love this (laughs) oh you're angry about this too i love this let's talk about it um yeah i feel like everybody just wants community at the end of the day like you want to feel a sense of belonging um just... like i i definitely eat it up every time me like, too I, <laughs> I go into a gallery and i see somebody talking about like what their life was like and you know they have like childhood photos or something oh something that's that they made when they were a kid i'm like oh my gosh and you trusted us to look at that <laughs> like, understand it with care you know like yeah that, that really that it really does yeah, me too. I love hearing about people's like, like origin stories. <laughs> I call it like their lore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you get it. I definitely, definitely. Um, I also had an instructor like that too. Uh, his name was Wes. I feel like I, I don't know. I befriend a lot of professors um, <laughs> just because I'm like they feel less like a like a professor student type it's like a, a mentor like almost. yeah like I, I see them as somebody that I can learn from which is literally like what a professor is but you know I get to a point where I'm just like messaging them and being like can we like meet for coffee or just like yeah talk? you know I feel like that the relationship gets to be more transparent yes. from like high school versus college. Cause yes. high school, it's like you literally can't, they literally cannot interact with you. You're no. an honor. Um, True. Like, you know, in college they're just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. You remind me of like my younger cousin. Um, so those experiences I really hold close. Like Wes, when I had to execute like a big project idea or something, he would be there to help me with the technical stuff because I think in like abstract idea. Like I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, I know what I want this to look like. And then he's like, okay, you need this type of He light. knows the how. 
Yeah, he's like, you need the the rim light on the back of them. You need it to look like nice. this. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, he also ended up going to New I think he's still, he might still be at New College. I don't know. Oh, sweet. But yeah, he, he was very helpful. Um, he also helped me try to like, the one of the projects that I was working on uh, in his class was Liberty, like that. Mm-hmm. So I had to like execute that kind of like under his tutelage. He helped me understand like color grading and stuff like that. Cause at that point I, I was kind of just like raw dogging film. Like yeah. I would just release it and be like, yeah, you know, like here the, it is. The grass, <laughs> kinda, uh, the grass is brown because that's what it looks like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he really helped me. I got you. Good stuff. Well, let's actually talk about Liberty um, for a moment. Um, Would you mind just kind of explaining the overall, um, I don't know if plot's the right word, but you get what I'm trying to say. The overall, what the the journal, yeah. Yes. Yeah. For people who haven't Um, seen it. So Liberty is uh, a project that I started, I want to say it was junior year, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was about sundown towns, but mostly the history of Sarasota as a sundown town. Yes. Um, And like Lido Lido Beach and their whole like desegregation process, uh, I was able to interview someone named Odessa Butler, whose mom was president of the NAACP chapter in Sarasota. So that was really nice because I went to her house. We had tea. She was very nice. She gave me tea. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we just kind of like chopped it up for maybe an hour. Yeah. Um, she was telling me about when she first got in the water, you know, like as a person of color and how yeah. people were throwing stuff at them and, you know, cussing them out, saying, you know, you can't. Or not that you can't be in the water, but that you shouldn't be, which I feel like is still a very prevalent thing that we need to talk about because in order to in order to really address the politics, we have to address the history first. Like a lot of people don't know that Sarasota was a sundown town. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I still feel like yeah, I, I still feel like that plays a part in the demographics of Sarasota. Like there's True. not that many black people there. Um I, I could probably count on two hands how many black students there were on Ringling's yeah, campus. Yeah, same with New College. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, being able to just be in Newtown, which was, like, the neighborhood right next to Ringling, um, that was a really eye-opening experience, like, experience for me because, you know, all of these people are there, and, and yet Ringling at that time, I don't know if they're still doing that, but Ringling at that time was telling us, encouraging us not to go to Newtown, like not to be in that neighborhood um, because it was like marked as dangerous, even though right, like, right. nothing was going on. Was just, you know, like a local community fresh fry, like it, things like that, you know? Um, so yeah, the, the video itself is of my friend Maya, who's like running into the ocean and um, another friend of mine who is kind of like in conversation with them that whole time. Yes. And I wanted to make it a point that in some part of that film that Maya was going to be holding red, white, and blue balloons because that kind of reflected America's history. But also I wanted Maya to be staring like at the camera as a way of confrontation yeah. with the audience. Yeah. So anybody Power. It, it's like you cannot, yeah, it's like you can't ignore what's happening here because 
it's happening right in front of you. Um, and then also, like, a few people had questions of why there's a shot where they both run out into the water, but then at the very end, it's in reverse, so it looks like they're running out of the water. And a lot of people had questions about that, of like, but it was supposed to be a happy ending, and I'm like, what did that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The reverse kind of reflected, like, you know, racism is still very prevalent. Right, yeah. Day and time. Still have a long way to go. So, yeah, I mean, I was able to um, enter that into a contest. There was a, it was called, like, a Newtown Alive Museum Contest. Mm-hmm. And I was second place for that, which was pretty cool, because I was alongside some very talented people yeah. who did amazing stuff. Like, my friend Kit did, like, a sketch of, like, ancestors walking alongside just, you know, regular beachgoers. And I that was, like, the coolest thing I've ever seen. I probably have to get that print somewhere. Um, but, yeah, just being able to have that on a TV, like, in a gallery space and people yeah. watching it with, like, the headphones to get the full experience, that was really nice for me. Yeah. People, watching people, like, interact with it in that way and, like, being like having that attention, you know, fully on that because especially like it's hard to keep people's attention. <laughs> so, yeah, um, definitely. That's that's really cool. Um and yeah, I I saw that you did um end up winning an award, so congrats for that. <laughs> um nice. yeah. Um and it just when I watched the film, I definitely, I definitely, um, got that kind of, uh, that, that the ending, um, them going in reverse. I definitely, like, picked up on what you were putting down there of just, like, to, it's almost like, um, you know, the one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. It's like, we just keep mm-hmm. going in reverse, like. Right. Um, and that was uh, 2019? Or? Yeah, I believe so. I think. I think I, that was. I think Maybe. Was. If not, it was after 2016, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. After. It was uh, because it was like after. I shouldn't say after COVID, but it was when Ringling had a better hold on, like, what we were going to do on campus. Yeah, so, right. Right. Yeah. Things weren't in flux yet. <laughs> right. I like, we you. had heard of it. It was a very different thing at that time. Yeah. I will also say, like, I wanted to ask um, the person that you were talking to, uh, what was her name again? You went to her house for an hour. Oh, Odessa Butler. Yes. Yeah, so, what year, like, when she was talking about the their time on the beach? Do you know, like, what year that was by any chance, or like, kind of around what time? I want to say it was around the sixties. Uh huh. Yeah, there was there was a lot going on. There's like. <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, in the, the Herald Tribune, I think they had an article about it, like, mm-hmm. while it was happening. Mm-hmm. Because at first, and this is, like, stuff that I didn't know, but at first, they were, like, um, you know, protesting, like, we want to be on the beach as right. well. Um, and then the city mayor was like, well, we can grant you this pool, 
would a pool work? And they were like, no. <laughs> it's not what we said. They had the beach. So, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, even though they had Lido, it was still like the surrounding beach areas still had to come around to, to new things, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, even then, like, I'm sure there's still going to be people on that beach who, like, I mean, as we know now, like, just harass. And it's not like they make a law and they're like, okay, people. Like, people are, these other people are allowed over here now. And then everyone's just like, okay, that's the law. And that's it. Right. <laughs> that's the one thing right. why I don't understand when people are like, oh, racism isn't a thing anymore. I'm just like, do you really, because it's like against the law or whatever. And I'm just... <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What really just... blew me is the fact that she said that she was a teenager when all of that happened. Uh huh. Like, I can't imagine. Uh huh. I can't imagine being like 18, 19 years old and that's what's going on. I know. I already had enough emotion at 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And so, like, also the reason I wanted to know, like, the year is because, um, Right now, I'm reading um, the autobiography of Asada Shakur. Shakur. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's, in the beginning, um, she kind of goes through this brief memory of, like, her and her friends, like, sneaking out to the beach in the evening and stuff because they weren't allowed. And she, it's, like, her, like, her favorite place on Earth is to be at the beach um, and to be mm -hmm. in the water and, like... That is just such an injustice, like, mm -hmm. to, and I mean, we still do it today with borders, but to just bar someone from walking just on the earth, <laughs> yeah, existing in like, a space. I can't catch a vibe. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I don't understand why we wouldn't be able to do that. Um... The more I think about racism, actually, the more it, like, doesn't make sense. So no, like, yeah. I mean, it does, like... Yeah. The arguments always fall apart, you know? Um, yeah. Wherever the right. argument goes, which I just... Yeah. Right. That's another thing, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole, whole other thing. Um, but uh, it's really cool that you were able to take the time to interview that person, um, Odessa, because... You know, I wonder how often, um, like, again, it, it is just keeping that history alive, especially in a time where books, including history books, are, like, being banned um, or barred from schools right now. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, like, getting that history out there in other ways, especially, like, even oral history is so important. Um, so I applaud that. Um yeah definitely i mean i was i was glad to be able to talk to her too um, yeah she didn't invite me over like afterwards she was like if you ever want to come over like some pound cake you know oh that'd be really cool every like older black person that i've talked to in sarasota has been so nice like <laughs> they've just been like yeah feel free to stop by anytime Aww. like i literally and that makes me realize too that just like older people they just want to talk some of them you know yeah. They just want to be able to talk to people, not about anything specific, but just to have company and just, you know, share little sweet treats, which I think is it's very cute and it's very fun. 
Yeah, and I think it just goes back to like what you what you said more towards the beginning of like people just want that community, people just want that sense of connection with other people. And yeah, that's just inherently like a human thing, like whether capitalism likes it or not. Like we are all humans and we need that connection. We need to talk to other people as much as they want us to be so like individual like Mm -hmm. and like be in our own space and not talk to anyone and like distance us from each other more and more like it's just not gonna happen it's just it just can't because like all we have is each other like (laughs) you know yeah it's really i don't know how they fight individualism i mean it's okay to a point but like i need to talk to my friends i need to be around my family i need to ask people for help right it's okay I um I was on the way home and I was listening to Can I Kick It by a Tribe Called Quest and yeah. I thought about like this memory I had with me and my niece were sitting in my car and that was like one of the songs on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack um, and we had just <laughs> came from watching that movie so I was like I play the soundtrack like after we yeah it or whatever um and. Yeah, just us being able to, like, share silence in my car as I was, like, driving home, that really hit me. And then, like, when I had that thought while the song was playing, I immediately started crying. And I was just like, man, what really matters to me the most is just, like, my family and my friends. That is the only thing that really matters to me. Just being able to spend time with them. Yeah. Like, I, I I can't replace that with any any drug, any, you know, material object, self-indulgent kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't feel the same. So yeah. Community is really all we have. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say like, just as a passing thought, like they're, they actually did, um, in a, I don't know, um, what they called it, if it was like a study or whatever, but I guess that they, um, tried this kind of like group therapy thing where, um, there was like a smaller group maybe like 10 15 people who all had like severe social anxiety um and then they had to meet every weekend um to work on a garden um and build a garden together and take care of it and um they reported feeling less socially anxious Um, because they were interacting with these same people like over and over again Um, they were all working together on a a specific task so there's not that kind of like what do I talk about now it's like you can just Mm -hmm. kind of see what needs to be done in the garden so even if it's not like this like heart to heart heavy conversation with other people that alone just working on a common goal or feeling like you have something in common with this group of people and like you see them over and over and over again it's like that can make a huge impact on people and their mental health like in several different ways and that's just one of them oh yeah definitely like especially when you're working I realize that most adults spend most of their lives like at work in the office yeah I think about it all the time (laughs) yeah and like being able to befriend people who have like a very similar sentiment like towards community it has been has been like different you know like usually I would like dread going into the office but I mean just today I was like talking about like Dungeons and Dragons with some of my coworkers. yeah 
you know, talking about our favorite TV shows and stuff and being able to, like, bridge that gap between us because I feel like, you know, offices aren't really bred for communication or, like, community (laughs) at all. So, yeah, yeah, being able to, like, talk to them was very cool. Yeah, I feel that, too. I used to be the type of person that was, like, I'm just going to go to work. I'm not there to make friends. I just want to get my job done. I don't want to talk to anyone. And then I want to go home and be left alone. I definitely used to be that type of person. I mean, I definitely was, like, also going to school and, like, dealing with 10 other things. So it's, like, putting it in context, I see where I was coming from. It's, like, I don't have time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, like, I've consciously tried to turn that attitude around um especially since when I got my the job that I'm in now um I started on Halloween last year so it's been about like nine or ten months or something like that but um I definitely make a an intentional effort to like talk to my coworkers and like mm-hmm. talk about things that aren't work related sometimes you know like really get to know them in a way and like outside of work because even though we spend all of our time at work a lot of our time at work like Mm -hmm. we don't have to be our job definitely there are some people who are some people are okay with it some people aren't (laughs) um but I'm like this doesn't have to be like a bad experience coming in to work it doesn't have to be that way like it doesn't have to be like this lonely experience that you have to go through like five days out of the week or whatever um, and feel isolated from the people around you. Um, It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I thought about it because I was like, okay, work is a journey, but it doesn't have to be a miserable journey. It can just be it could be a cool journey, you know? Um, I don't know if I'm just, like, chronically online, but I've been seeing a lot of, like, core-core videos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I really enjoy those when they come up because it reminds me that, like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Like, you can just wake up one day and decide to change, like, how you interact with people or what you decide to wear. Like, today... I decided to wear one of my favorite dresses to the office just because I don't ever get to wear it because I feel like I need to save it for a special occasion. And I'm like, okay, well, the fact that I'm alive today is a special, special occasion. Special enough. Yeah. The fact that I have a functioning car is a special occasion, you know? Yes. So just being able to celebrate those small things, I feel like people just get so lost in the in the turmoil and the, the noise of everything mm-hmm. else that it, it makes it harder for them to like just still maintain hope. But I feel like, I don't know, as long as you have you, you're okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I also feel like one of my, like, core turning moments from my brain was, like, I was just on a walk one day and I realized I was, like, having a too much tumultuous, like, time with, like, some friend groups and maybe even my relationship had ended, I forget. But, like, I remember just being in this, like, high stress like space and I went for a walk and I was just like looking over and there's like the orange there's an orange grove and there was some cows in it (laughs) and I was just like you know what 
at the end of the day, like, I can still go and climb a mountain and, like, enjoy the view of them, like, from the mountain. Like, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I can still, like, go for a swim in some water and, like, just enjoy what, like, life was really meant to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, rather than getting... And, and, like, rebuilding relationships and rebuilding community, like, is an important thing. But for me, it was just, like, this uh, almost, like, wake-up moment of, like, this is all silly. <laughs> right. Like, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there is definitely serious things, but just, like, as a coping brain mechanism, just, like, this is all just, like, silly human things that are happening, and, like, none of it is gonna matter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, man, I think, I don't even remember what I was mad about, but a thought occurred in my head where it was, like, you don't even remember why you're mad. You're just carrying this emotion. Yeah. And I started laughing to myself, like, out loud. Like, okay, I'll just carry on about my day. Um, it wasn't even that serious. I we know. We really are, like, simple creatures. Yeah. I really, <laughs> like, I, I had a whole, like, brain reset if I just, <laughs> you know, sit outside while it's raining a little yep. bit. And I have, like, a drink in my hand. Me too. <laughs> it's like, wow, like, I have water. It's raining. It smells really nice outside because it's raining. This is great. Yep. And then I come back in feeling reborn. Yep. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I have an hour lunch break at work. Um, and I also work at an office. So I definitely, like, take that hour and I go outside. And I go for a walk. And I, like, turn off my brain. I'm like, you're not going to catch me here until 1 p.m. <laughs> 12 p.m.? Okay. Goodbye. You're not going to see me in this building I, until 1 p.m. Sharp. I really do just walk around, like, empty-headed. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to. You just have to, or else you'll get bogged down. You know? So. Well, good stuff. Um, thanks for, you know, elaborating on that. And um, let's move on to a short film that was released. I, it was about four months ago. At least that's what it said on YouTube. Four months ago now. Um, short film called Bahati. Can you please um, elaborate on that? And then I will ask you some questions about it. Yeah. Um, so Bahati was born from a song that I was listening to, like, on repeat. If I can remember the name of the song. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's called Amazonas. I think it's, I think it's Portuguese. And it's by Joao Donato. Mm. Um, very nice song very like elegant sounding and I was like I feel like I can make a short out of just this song I, I've been seeing a lot of um, I had been seeing a lot of Instagram reels that felt like they had more substance to them lately Yeah. Um, where like it's a person like eating dinner or something where like there's a whole storyline and it perfectly matches the song they chose so yeah. I'm like oh you really like you really edited this in Premiere Pro like you spent time <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, um, I had the thought of like a woman who whose name means lucky in Swahili. I didn't know what the word was at that time. So it's just like it has to be a woman named Lucky though. Yeah. And she has to have run into some like unfortunate event lately where she is like a hopeless romantic but 
she realizes that the person that she loves is a person that she's known for a really long time. Um, and that was how, like, the childhood friend conversation came along. So, like, the whole story is about a woman who, in her, like, mid-30s, realizes that she's in love with somebody that she's known all her life. Yeah. And then she sends, like, a very heartfelt love letter to him um, because he still has the same childhood address, or at least she hopes that he does. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that was a really, like, close to my heart kind of story just because I'm like I feel like everybody loves love and like yes you know you can't there's no way of like watching it and not feeling something and if you do end up not feeling anything then I don't know like maybe you might want to check that out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like <laughs> I really enjoyed writing that story and putting it all together because I knew I wanted I knew what aspects I wanted in it um like, I wanted my sister to be the main character because she is a person who's, like, also in their mid-30s. Um, I knew I knew what I wanted their, like, relationship to look like between Bahati and Ethan. Um, and I knew that I wanted, like, stop-motion crayon action in there. Yeah. So I reached out to one of my friends. Yeah. I reached out to one of my friends at Ringling um, who, like... I think they majored in, yeah, they majored in visual studies, but they're like really talented with illustration and stuff. Yeah. Their illustrations remind me of like children's illustrations. Like they're very connected with their inner child. And I really admire that about their work. Yes. So I was like, hey, like I, I almost like ran them down. But like, <laughs> you, you do this scene for me in like this, in this short film that I'm working on. And then they were just like, oh my gosh, I would love to work on something for you. Um, and at that time, they didn't really know how to like animate things. So yeah. They were like, I'm just going like, to learn as I go. That's cool. Um, and it came out, yeah. yeah, it came out really nice. Yeah, like, I loved those. I saw the whole thing in my head, and it was very close to what I pictured. So that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I really yeah, enjoyed those. Yeah, and, like, when I had the thought and, like, the, the idea was coming through, mm-hmm. um, my buddy Jake uh, reached out to me, and he's, like, over Only Wave, the, the, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's, like, a production company or, like, a media thing. Okay. But um, they were hosting a film festival that they do every year, and, um, okay. you know, he reached out and was just like, hey, like, uh, I'm throwing a film festival. I saw your art at the factory. Oh, uh, yeah. Gallery. Yes. Yeah. It's not just a gallery. It's not just yeah, a like, gallery. <laughs> it's a collective. It's a yeah. collective. Yes, that. yes. Um, but they were like, I saw your artwork uh, at the factory and... I saw also that you're a filmmaker, so I wanted to know if you had anything that you wanted to submit to the film festival. And I was like, I'm actually working on something literally right now. That's so crazy. Ah, uh, that's so cool. So I was able to, yeah, I was able to put that together and I rented out an Airbnb, spoke with the host. The host was really chill. Like, shout out to Kathy because she was really cool. She was like, yeah, like, go ahead, do what you need to do. Um, Thanks, Kathy. I should let you know, though, like, there are hens in my backyard. <laughs> like, I have, I have chickens and hens. Okay. 
and I was like, oh, and then she was like, I also have a dog who stays in the backyard to kind of like shelter the chickens and hens. And I was like, oh, so there were a few parts like in between takes where we'll just hear like them clucking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the most hilarious thing. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I want to go out there so bad. Yeah. I love chickens. That's what I'm doing. That's so funny. Yeah, and we were, it, we were a very small crew. Um, yeah. It was probably like maybe six or seven people. And we were in a race against time because the whole film is supposed to take place within a day. And we only had, I don't know how many hours of sunlight, but it wasn't yeah. that many. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But yeah, it, that that was a really cool project to work on. And yeah. it got into the Only Way Film Festival. So to be able to see it premiere um, at Station House was really Yes, cool. that is so cool. Congrats on that. Thank you. It's always neat when um, someone reaches out to you and they're like, hey, I saw your work at this place. Want to do something for this place? It's like, you saw that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were like back-to-back interactions that I was having at the beginning of the year. That's so cool. Where somebody saw me somewhere or yep. reached out to me because they had heard about something I did. Yeah. Like, Whoa. That's just how it works. It is. You're <laughs> like, oh, you can see me? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm being perceived. <laughs> With a capital P. I know. That, like, that sometimes happens to me, too, especially, like, since I did markets so much with, like, my illustrations. Mm -hmm. Like, definitely there's a lot of people in the community who kind of, like, started to know me and recognize me. But I got a tattoo from someone um, a little bit recently, and their partner was like, uh-oh, it's Mia Makes It, so you better not you better not mess this up, and <laughs> making them feel like so much pressure. And I'm just like, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you better, Mia, make this <laughs> <laughs> Knowing their partner, they probably did say something like that, some kind of great, great pun. <laughs> A pun generator, like, uh, but copywriting is my day job. Oh, so I have to, true. Like, stay on my toes, you know? True. It's <laughs> nice that you have a creative outlet, because I'm sure yeah. that can be very, um... Uh... <laughs> not boring, but just, like, maybe mind... Is it mind-numbing, or is it all right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I have to do, like, more technical stuff where I'm, like, reviewing product packaging and making things, making sure things are spelled correctly. Oh, true. Okay, like, oh. I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm able to, like, yeah, when I'm able to create stuff, I'm, like, in my bag. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you're still connecting with that side of yourself because sometimes people graduate and they have a hard time, like... Yeah. sticking with it or like even like even jumping back in like I know I have a few friends who are just like kind of hesitant to like go back to writing or going back to drawing it's like it doesn't have to be anything you know it doesn't have to be anything but yeah. it's cool yeah, one of my friends uh that graduated with me he said he was working at like Best Buy for a couple of months and he completely like forgot the programs that he was using and I think he said he saw a commercial that used really, because he was a motion designer. Yeah. He saw really good motion design work, and that made him snap out of it. Like, he was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm a motion designer. And then he quit yeah. Best Buy because he was like, I want to focus on that. Good for and him. And I'm like, I love moments like that. Yeah. 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 That's great. I love that. Um, but getting, getting back to the... the um, 
the short film. Um, so I wanted to ask some a couple of questions. Um, so why I'm wondering why you chose to go like almost like the silent film route with it, where it's like kind of the narrative happening in between shots through text rather than like a narrator or like dialogue. Was there any specific reason or do you appreciate that style or? Yeah, I think it was more of a stylistic thing because when I was listening to the song, Mm -hmm. I wanted people to pick up on like, well, the original song that the the short film is inspired by. I had beats on parts of the song where I was like, okay, I want the text to hit here and here. Okay. I couldn't gain the licenses to, you know, that song. So I ended up using a different one that still, you know, fit the vibe. But I got you. Yeah, I, I always imagined it being silent because I was like, I want people to like hear the song and the little intonations that I hear. Yeah, that's very cool. Because, yeah, I don't think I've seen many like contemporary like filmmakers doing that kind of style unless they're like directly parodying parodying um Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the black and white like silent film like era yeah yeah Yeah. so i thought that was a cool creative choice i personally love when text is utilized in Mm -hmm. throughout mediums like i was just one of the people i just interviewed um last week like they use text in their painting a lot. And I've found that this is a theme, actually. Like, a lot of the people that I'm talking to, like, use texts a lot or were writers and were slash are, are writers and have, like, tra- like, translated that into, like, a different medium. It's pretty cool, so. Um, I, yeah, I do think it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I also wanted to point out or slash ask um i thought it was interesting at the end um when she opens the door and it's like where the from the point of view of the person who knocked on the door or rang the doorbell or whatever um so kind of was there a reason you didn't show the person um we we kind of expect it to be her childhood lover. Was it her childhood lover? Is it supposed to be a, a, a mystery? I'm sorry, not lover, but like her, the person that she was in love with that she's known her whole life. Did you leave yeah. it a mystery? Yeah, that was, definitely, that was definitely him, but I also wanted to see what other people gathered from it, you know? Yeah. Uh, like a lot of people were like, dang, I wanted the camera to flip so I could Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, because the whole time it's, like, kind of building up and you're, like, learning the story between them. And you're just kind of, like, that anticipation. She's like, oh, she's going to go open the door. We're finally going to see this person. And it's like, nope, that's not for you. That's not for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely did that on purpose. Uh, Like, after it screamed at Only Wave, there were a few people who came up to me afterwards and was just like, so was it him? And I'm just like, yes, okay. Okay, like, yeah. Was him. Um, but I wanted it to be shown from the perspective of like him knocking on the door because yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And I like and that. Seeing her reaction, I really cared about. Exactly. Yeah. 
And it kind of just, it's almost like, it leaves a viewer kind of wanting more, you know, in a good way. Yeah. It's like, I want to know what happens after. Like, I want to know this guy. Like, I want to know the guy more, you know? Um, so k- kudos to that. I like that. I like when a, when an ending isn't, like, super wrapped up pretty in a bow and then ship it off. I kind of like endings that are more, like, leaving you hanging or make, like, making you wanting more or, like, you still have questions, like... Right. And there were a few people that said um, that I should do a different version, but from his, his perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that would be kind of cute. That would I'm be. Gonna, like, put it in my back pocket. I don't know if I'm going to do it like right now. I just have so many things going on. Yeah. But, <laughs> so. Might be a thing to revisit in the future. So, but speak. So speaking of all the things you got going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us what you got going on right now. You're working on a big project, the biggest project you said you've ever worked on. So tell us about it, please. Yeah. So um, this is actually a project that extended from college. Like I was working on it like second semester, senior year, and it was for my documentary photography class. It was supposed to be a political project. So I was looking up things that were relevant and political. Mm-hmm. And I found the Crown Act bill, which was proposed in 2020, and it's about discriminating against people of color for their natural hair. Um, and I was like, why haven't I heard of this? And I don't think many other people have heard of this. No. So I wanted to take that as an opportunity to expand that into a project. Um, I pulled like a few of my friends that were available and also like were people of color um, and, you know, just interviewed them with my iPhone. So we're like sitting in my car and I'm just like, yeah, can you speak into the, <laughs> yeah, can you speak into the speaker? Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just asking them about their experiences, especially like on campus, being a person of color and yeah. switching up their hair. I know for me, like I switched up my hair a lot. Um, I also had to do my own hair because there weren't that many hairstylists of color, like in the area. Um, so yeah, I was able to photograph them and then like the nearby beauty supply, the owner was very nice because I'm there all the time. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure, like do what you need to do. Um, nice. And I went to other like hair salons, barbershops. I got to speak to an older man named Jetson Grimes. Very cool name. He was yeah. Very cool. Like Jet Magazine editions like on his wall and like coolest guy ever. Um, but yeah, he, he was awesome. And yeah, it, I already knew that I wanted it to be bigger than what it was at that moment. But, yeah, uh, you only have like, so much well, time. I have to, yeah, I was like, I have to graduate for <laughs> yeah. to get a job, to move cities, you know, like all these things. Yeah. Um, so once I finally did move, I kind of put it in my back pocket because I knew that I needed like the proper funding for it also. And Bahati was something that I could do with my own money. So I did Bahati first. And then I started thinking maybe around like April, I was like, oh, I could probably bring Heavy as a Head back because I haven't really been able to work on it. And for people who don't know, like Heavy as a Head is, you know, kind of like it's derived from the crown act. So like Heavy as a Head that wears the crown, you know? Um, And yeah, I kind of just wanted to shed more light on it. So this time around, I did a photo series which took place like in June and I still have to like release those photos. Um, and then I did the short film which was late July. Okay. And that was also in a, a different Airbnb. Um, and 
the short film itself is comprised of four commercials that all touch on like cultural aspects of what it's like with you know to have hair and to be a person of color um and how inherently political that is even if you don't you want it to be mm-hmm. um so like the first commercial is called uh the barbership and it's just a combination word of like barbershop relationship so it's like once you go to that one barber like more than three times that's you're it. in a relationship with them. you you know you're there for life if you choose to skip out on your barber and go to a different one and try to come back your barber is gonna know like you you can't do that you know that's just principle um <laughs> and then the second one is called uh the hairy godmother about this woman who is like oh my gosh like i ran out of products so basically the hairy godmother shows up <laughs> when you've announced that you don't have what you need in order to get your day started yeah but she shows up and she's like she's beautiful she's luscious but she gives you like the bare minimum hair product Uh uh-huh so like and then she tells you to kind of like work with that you know um and then the third commercial is called wilma here which is about a woman named wilma who she's existing in the in the 70s so she's talking about her own hair plight and i i kind of want people to realize like as she's talking about it this is stuff that we still go through now yeah it's like this is a very consistent thing of like, oh, because she's she's complaining about how whenever she changes her hair, the people in the office approach her differently. Um, and then the last one is called Soul Train Sisters, and it's about three women who have vastly different hairstyles. And the narrator is introducing each of them and explaining what their hairstyle looks like. Mm-hmm. But as as the commercial goes on, it's like harder for them to explain what each what each hairstyle looks like. So um, with that one, I was just being a little silly goose. I just yeah. Funny. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I was able to really execute that project with a group of friends who have been very supportive of me, like throughout any project I've done. Like most of the people that were at the Heavy as a Head production were also there for Bahati. So I was kind of just using the same crew like with the addition of a few people um but yeah it was it was really nice to be able to shoot with them and like have like some industry professionals there who knew what to do yeah also with them having the understanding that i'm a very like new director so sometimes i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say but like i'm trying to find the language to explain it because like i know how i want to execute it um yeah so yeah i mean i was able to raise i think 3200 for that film through this indiegogo campaign that i had and it really it really helped a lot yeah i'm sure it did man so um do you have like a release date on any of that stuff yet or not not yet um i know i'm aiming for october okay not that's like early october or mid-october i still don't know yeah Um, that's okay I'm looking for, yeah, I'm looking for a venue right now that would properly host the type of event that I want. Yeah. Uh, because I want to do, like, a friends and family screening, screening. before it's, like, yes. released. Yeah. Um, but I do plan on releasing it on YouTube and Vimeo because, you know, why not? Vimeo is, like, yeah. you know, YouTube performance. Yes, so it is. Yeah. I want to use that platform. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. I'm excited to see it. Especially after putting so much time into it, I bet it's gonna feel so good to release it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I remember the whole script word for word. I was just yeah. saying that earlier. 
that it was edited properly. And yeah, I was reciting every word. <laughs> yep. Yep, I get How that. You get really close and then you let it go. Yep. That's exciting. I'll be on the lookout for that. And, you know, this this is going to be released in early October. So hopefully once we get closer, I can um, drop an update in here about um, when it's going to be released or anything. So I'm excited. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely noticed, like, throughout your videos um, that even though there's a lot of times a kind of heaviness because of the mm -hmm. subject matter or rather like because of what you're the story that you're telling um, there's still like uh, your direction kind of t also still conveys a calmness within that mm -hmm. um and that it also helps you know um having a great team of people to work with too which i do want to ask about but um there's always this kind of like feeling of the heaviness but in a like there's the calmness within the heaviness um mm -hmm. and the dreamy music choices i feel like they're the music choices again are just like very dreamy and help build the visuals um getting to like the like, the climax of the video like i feel like the music always like matches really well like, again your music choice is very great um but i just have this appreciation of, of again just that sense of calmness and also like the warmth that like the warm tones that are always present in the videos too i really appreciate so just saying i'm a fan so in in a lot more words <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i mean i think i i try my my best to like translate myself over into like whatever i'm doing I noticed uh, the paintings also are very, um, they're kind of like serious and subject matter, but it also makes you feel like warm, like a belonging. And I'm really glad that that's something that translates yeah. like, across what I'm going through. Um, like even in my photography, usually like the subject is looking at me. And if, even if they're not, it still feels like you're there with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, I I don't even know if I like try to do that on purpose, but it's just because of like the way that it looks feels the best to me. So yeah, like, okay, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wanted to. I guess I just wanted to look that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I definitely um, like my manager called it like edutaining, which horrible word, but oh it's my about, gosh, like, educating. <laughs> educating and entertaining people at, at the, the same, same time. time and true I, really feel, I feel like i'm doing that with this project yeah it's like you know it's shedding light on the crown egg but we don't have to be we don't have to be like almost to tears and like you know we don't have to like experience like heavy negative emotions in order to change we can just be inspired by like hope and comedy sometimes like that is yeah. really the way to start a conversation sometimes like not everything has to be funny but if I can find a way to make it funny I will <laughs> just because I'm like 
it helps me like that definitely like humor is my coping mechanism yeah me too um but yeah so i i really enjoyed doing that project because you know like the crew that was there like all very genuine people and we were all kind of just laughing through the whole thing because it, it is funny you know uh even in like script rehearsal we're just like laughing yeah <laughs> even, like, the multiple things we're just like oh that's kind of hilarious okay we're gonna run that one more time you know uh, I, I really like to bring that kind of like vibe of optimism to like any space that i'm in yeah or with anything that i do yeah i feel that i definitely feel the same way again just kind of going back to what we said earlier of like just trying to with all the mess happening in the world just trying to put out a little bit of good where you can um yeah just do what you can to control and connect with other people and laugh with other people and just build community based on those things rather than basing your community off of like a common enemy or rather like a uh like hating the same thing you know it's it's good to have those um reminders that there is not all bad in the world mm -hmm. for sure i also wanted to just a quick sidebar question um has it always been like kind of second t nature to you uh to collab with other people like have you always been a collaborator or kind of did that happen once you got to school like college and you are within that, like, realm, like, around a bunch of other people who are interested in the same stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, when I started, I think when I was in high school, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really know to what length collaboration could happen. Yeah. And then when I got to Ringling, definitely, I think it awoken something in me. Because I was like, I could have been doing this the whole time. Like, I could have just True. been asking people, like yo are you free do you want to do this thing you know yeah um, so that was a really that was a really valuable experience that i carried with me throughout like i i just really admire collaborating with people like some of the best people i know i've been able to like work on projects with and yeah it's been it's been an honor like i, I was just talking to my friend jacob yesterday because he's the he's the graphic designer for heavy as a head and I met him at Ringling. Like, mm -hmm. we were dancing at a gay bar once, and that is mm -hmm. literally how we met. It's just like, yep. you know, that, that sense of community is so important. Um, but yeah, like, I I really didn't know that you never know until you ask. And that was, that's how I've been able to, like, produce the projects that I have now. Just, like, through word of mouth of people or, like, and anything that I've been in, it's really just be been because I, like, ask questions, and I'm just around a lot, and I'm nice. So people are like, yeah. okay, yeah. Right. Like, I feel like as long as you don't have a vibe that's, like, off-putting, <laughs> like, yeah. if your aura isn't threatening, people will more than likely, you know, want to, like, befriend you or help you with whatever you're doing. You see, I feel like for, like, you and me, that sounds, like, pretty easy. It's like, yeah, just be cool. But there's some people who just can't. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people who just that. can't. I me mean, either. <laughs> it takes more energy to be off-putting. Right? And to be weird than it is to just, like, chill, you know? Like, I don't know. We just met, like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
That's what I'm saying. But you'd be surprised. There are people I see, like, almost every day <laughs> who I'm just like, are we going to ever cool. have a normal interaction? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's, like, the social I think it, I, yeah, I was going to say even, like, social yeah. anxiety. I try not to take it personally, but sometimes I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh. Like, maybe for three seconds, I'll take it personal. And then after that, I'm like, eh. damn. Maybe it's just them. Yeah. And then, like, three seconds after that, I'm like, but why did they have to interact? <laughs> like, why me, though? Like, you get it. <laughs> you just, you you get it. I think, yeah. <laughs> it's like hive mind. Yes. Aw. <laughs> well, sweet. Thanks again for um, diving into all of your past projects and talking some about your current projects and just taking the time to be on today. I'm really excited to um, release this episode and have everyone know about what's going on. Um, But sure. I mean, it just felt like a conversation, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I always like, like a few minutes before the, the conversation, I always get this anxiety of like, oh my god, what if I mess up? And I'm just like, I'm not going to mess up because I can just ask a question. <laughs> like, I can just say something and it's like, okay. I can even just be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I do still get that anxiety. Like, right before, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say something that doesn't, like, that's not correct. It's just like, it's going to be okay. You know, it's it's literally, yeah. But comes out in the wash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, um, where can the people find you? Where can the people follow your work? I know you mentioned you have YouTube and Vimeo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my YouTube account is, I think it's called Juniper Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. And then my website is juniperjohnson.me, which I don't know why I couldn't find the .com. I guess the domain was already taken. Yeah. Um, and yeah if you want to stay up to date on the heavy is the head project there is a platform for that as well it's called heavy is the head film on instagram um but yeah i mean i feel like my website is pretty much the landing page for everything i do i try to keep yeah. it updated as possible just because you never know yeah <laughs> you really do never know yeah and i'll have all those links um in the description of wherever people are listening to this so if they want to you know, take some time to check out your work, they can. Um, So, yeah, just, again, thanks again for being on, and um, I just really appreciate it. Truly. I appreciate this. I mean, this has been really nice. Uh, Probably, yeah, I mean, I know you said (laughs) this is going to be the best conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And then it was. So, yes! Uh, <laughs> yes! I won't tell anyone. I won't tell the others. <laughs> like, I'm definitely biased, but okay. I just won't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And take a peep at those uh, links in the description. Check out Juniper's work. Lots of good stuff. Um, already out and soon to be out. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>